Hi everybody, I'm Jim Ford. And I'm Dan Kurtzke. And this is the Lantern Cast. Episode 46. 46. Tonight we're we're gonna be doing uh, Adventure Comics number 7, or 510, whichever you prefer. Blackest Night... Oh, no, the, the Phantom Stranger, number 42, the Blackest Night Resurrected title. And... The other, another resurrected title, uh, Starman eighty one. But before we do that, before we do that, we need to take a moment and mention our sponsor, Aroba Silver. You can go to arobasilver.com, check out all the rings they have. We've been talking about this for months now. How they have just some absolutely amazing rings. They they deal with silver and they do a great job with all the rings that they do. They have a really huge selection. They they just keep on increasing their selection as well. They're fully licensed rings. They have rings based on Hal Jordan's design ring design. Rings based on Kyle Rayner's ring. It's you know, they even have an Alan Scott ring. All all sorts of different rings. They have silver ones, ones that have like a black band. I know they just came out with a whole new section of rings that are, they're silver rings, but all the bands are black, and each and every single one of those is, like, amazing looking. They're just absolutely amazing. Like, if you were having trouble, like, holding off getting an Aroba Silver, like, you know, you were, like, waiting, it's like, oh, yeah, I can hold off a little longer, I can wait a little longer. Go and check out these new black Green Lantern rings, and you won't be able to hold off any longer. They're, they're just so cool looking. Yeah, and they've got this new model where it's um it's 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 kind of like how how uh, Hal's ring is in the comic when uh I guess depending on who draws it, but it it's got the Green Lantern emblem inside a circle that's raised up on top of the band, mm-hmm. which it just it just looks really good, and I mean, it's 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 available. I think there's actually three different versions available: two with the black band, one of one of them has a a uh, black background behind the Green Lantern emblem, and then the other has a different shade of green. And there's actually one in the uh, the traditional silver band too. So, you know, if if for some reason you're you're weird and you don't like how the black band looks, you can go for non-black, which actually it lo- does look good by itself too. I don't know if I've seen that one. I have to check it now. Yeah, it's in the. Uh, the regular Green Lantern rings section. <laughs> How crazy! They have three sections on their website just for Green Lantern rings. Oh wow! Yeah, see it. Oh yeah. Oh wow, that's awesome too. That one's brand new. Yeah. Well, everybody, what Dan's saying is absolutely right. It's one more really awesome looking ring. Now we should say this episode is is going to air. On Monday, the first of March, right. which means our Aroba Silver the our Aroba Silver Ring giveaway contest is officially closed for submissions. Mm-hmm. All right, we're actually the uh, the winner. Will the winner be on the forum by now? I doubt it. All right. Well, the winner will be on the forum as soon as we pick it. You know, we'll announce it there in a thread. And our announcement of who wins should be on the next episode. Yes. 
All right. So just so you know, if you're if you're hearing this when it comes out, don't send in any more submissions. That's closed. It's 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 selecting time, people. Yes. And next episode, we will have another announcement for all the people that entered. I still don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> well, it's probably better that way. Oh my god. It's a good thing, though. Every now and then you say something like that, and it's hardly ever true. <laughs> the people that, that entered the contest will be very, very happy that they entered the contest, even if they don't win. All right. I guess the only thing to add, then, is that if they want to save 10%, they can type in the promo code DSC10, save 10% off your order, so go get some amazing rings and save some money. Arobasilver.com Man, that's an awesome looking ring. I like the black one slightly more, though. Alright, so, jump into Starman. Sounds good. Let's, alright, so, Starman 81, this is written by James Robinson, who's like Mr. Starman, so that was, that was good of them. Uh, drawn by Fernando Dagnino? Either Dagnino or Danino. Ah, okay, that's probably the second one. I'm like, I'm reading that, I'm like, it looks like there should be another letter in there, but uh, oh, I'm stupid. Um, and let's see, the colors are by Matt Hollingsworth. Alright, so... It starts out, we get like a recap of David Knight, who is the brother of Jack Knight, the the most recent Starman, the one that was the subject of James Robinson's series. He died rather early in his superhero career, trying to succeed, succeed his father as Starman, and you know now he's back as a Black Lantern. And basically he just starts tooling around Opal City, killing the hell out of everyone. And and they make a note in here of how, like, Opal City used to have all these superheroes, but they all either died or, or moved on or retired or whatever. So there's really nobody around to fight this Black Lantern other than the cops. The poor, poor bleeding cops. <laughs> Except for the former villain, the Shade. This is the guy who, you know, he has these shadow powers. He likes to focus it through his cane a lot of the time. He's... Actually, I think he gets the same his powers from the same dimension that Obsidian does. But you know. and the shade is is in this kind of not quite official relationship or whatever with with a woman named Hope O'Dare, who is one of this one of the police in Opal City. She's like comes from a big like mostly male police family, and she's always got she's like she's like the the girl who has the the pressure of showing that she can run with the boys and all that. Uh, so she shows up to try and stop the Black Lantern Starman. Doesn't really work. Then the Shade shows up, and you know there's a fight between the lot of them. Starman takes Shade's heart, but you know Shade isn't exactly human, really. So the fact that his heart got ripped out doesn't really bother him that much. And then his, <laughs> and then his heart promptly eats the Black Lantern, which is awesome. Shade and Hope kind of walk off into the night. Not not going for, like, the cliche, like, oh, you're right, we should be together, I love you, but more taking, like, kind of like a baby step in the right direction to being happy. <laughs> yeah. What'd you think? I loved it. Really? I loved it. I have to say, like, I was really surprised. Like, 
I wasn't really sure I was going to like this too much. I've never read any other Starman before. This is my introduction to Starman. So, you know, like, I didn't have a lot of confidence in this. And even, like, the first page where it's going over the, the brother that died early on in his career, yeah, I didn't have a lot of confidence. And then, like, I, I see this cop scene, and it's, like, it's it's an interesting little back and forth. I enjoyed that. And then you have, you know, the Black Lantern just, you know, like you said, killing the hell out of people. And then you have this, this cool interaction with Shade and his not-quite-girlfriend. Like, the whole thing is really cool. And the art is just, like... It's it's crazy. It was I would say maybe it, well it's very rough. It's very rough art, but it it has this like this charm to it that I just really like. I don't know. I loved it. I the whole story was really entertaining, and I was I was shocked at how good you know how much I enjoyed it. And you know it's like there's some stuff that I've been reading by James Robinson that's you know kind of either hit or miss, and this was this was definitely hit. This was this was great. Yeah, this is like, I was almost dreading this issue. Yeah. A few years ago, Comic Geek Speak talked about Starman so much and praised it so highly. Yeah. That I decided, you know what? All right, I have to try the first trade. So I got the first trade. I read it, and I'm like, okay, I have to get the rest of the series. But apparently, like, there are certain parts of it that are out of print or impossible to find or whatever. So I'm like, oh, God. What am I going to do? And they started releasing the the omnibuses, omnibuy, whatever the plural of omnibuses. And, like, I'm slowly accumulating those. Actually, the fourth one just came in my shipment today. So I'm, like, I'm planning on once I collect the entire series, I'm going to, like, just wait until I can have, like, a week off of work or something and just, like, overdose on Starman. Right. And I was actually scared that, like, okay, if I read this issue, am I going to get spoiled for the end of the series at all? I, I don't want to... And, and I guess there kind of are some spoilers in it pertaining to the O'Dare family and all that, but James Robinson seems to have strayed away from any of, like, the big stuff. Yeah. You know what's funny? Having read that first trade, right? this recap scene, recapping his death, that was the first three pages of Robinson's first issue. <laughs> <laughs> that's how that's how his first issue of the series began <laughs> oh wow that's you know reading this issue like I know that the it, this, the series isn't even about the shade like he's just a, a character in it but reading this I don't know like I am very intrigued now I, I think I am I'm far more likely now to want to go seek out Starman than I ever was before. And I, th I think there was a Shade miniseries, too. Yes. I thought that was going to be also collected in the Omnibuy. It is. It's actually, I think it's in this one. Let me just look at the back. Because I think it's in number four here. This Nazis, da-da-da-da, Bulletman, da-da-da... <laughs> What the hell? What? There was a team-up between Batman, Starman, and Hellboy. And it's in here. Interesting. What the hell? Oh, look, Hellboy's right there on the back cover. <laughs> That's weird. That's cool. Uh, it's not telling me what issues this collects. 
How many Yom Nabai are there? I actually don't know. I thought that there were only four. Are there only four? I gotta look online. If that if I have all of it now, that'll be amazing. I don't think I do for some reason though. Just open up the fourth omnibus and uh, omnibus and go to the last page. See if it says the end. <laughs> Collecting Starman thirty nine to forty six. Starman A page giant number one. Power of Shazam thirty five and thirty six. Starman the Mist number one and Batman Starman, Hellboy. Oh, that was a two issue thing. Weird. Yeah, no, it's not this one. It's probably in the third one then. I don't know. Whatever. But, yeah, this is... This was really good. Like, it's so weird. Like, they didn't even include Jack Knight, who was the main character of the series. And it was still good. And it, it's... That's the one thing I gotta give DC credit for. Ever since Robinson's series ended... Like, I don't know how it ended, but I know it had an ending... And they just have not used the character at all since. Like, even for this. That's cool. It's like they told his story and they're letting the character just rest now. Yeah. One of the things that I really did like about this, like I said, I, I really liked the, the back and forth between the two cops at the beginning. Mm. But, I mean, aside from the fact that the conversation that they're having is really interesting, and it gives, like, a lot of detail, you know, to catch you up to speed, basically, to what you need to know for the issue... It's great because it catches you up without beating you over the head with it. And there's a lot of like like little like images in this, you know, on the on the pages in the background that you know, it 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 really adds something to the art. And that's what I'm always saying as far as, you know, the not even so much easter eggs, just like something that that really builds to the you know, the world of the issue that you're reading aside from just the main characters and maybe, like, a generic building or a generic car or something. You know, like, we have pictures of, you know, the other Starmen, uh, Stargirl, uh, future Starman. I don't know why Phantom Lady is there. I don't know. Like, like I remember, and there's a good picture of the JSA over there. And, yeah. Like, I recognize a couple of the panels, like, like that that picture of Stargirl jumped out at me, because I think that's from, like, an early JSA issue. Hey, stupid question. <laughs> Is that a real movie? Colors? Oh, I'm not sure, but I would imagine yes. If Jason were here right now, he'd be shaking his head and groaning at me. <laughs> What'd you think of the design for the Black Lantern Starman? I liked it. I can't decide if I like it better with or without a cape. Because when you first see him... I didn't really like well, the first time I looked at the image. I didn't think he had a cape, but then when oh, yeah. I saw when I saw him with it, I looked back at the image again. And I'm like, oh yeah, it's there. I think he's really he's he's really creepy. Yes. Like I think I think it really helps that he's got like he's really simplistically designed, really minimalistic. Yeah. And your focus is drawn to the big bright area on his chest, and like your eyes are right there, just close enough to his glowing eyes that like you go there too it's like i th i thought they did a good job with him kind of reminds me of dr light a little bit but you know yeah that's true i like the uh the panel of um black lantern Starman. he's like ripping hearts out of cops like halfway through the issue mm -hmm. you can actually see like the bullet holes in him from the cops shooting at him that as they're regenerating yeah sick 
Yeah, I don't know what the Shade's powers are, but for some reason, I think he's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's like... He's kind of like Obsidian, but different. Like, he's he's connected to the Shadow Dimension. He's I, th- I know he's immortal because of it. He can channel shadows, use it to teleport around. He can control darkness generally, and... You know... <laughs> all that stuff. <laughs> it's a pretty decent deal. So he, he traps this Black Lantern in this shadow dimension, which that has me wondering, like, uh, if he transports through the shadow dimension, is he going to run into Black Lantern and Starman while he's in there? Probably. I mean, I imagine once Blackest Night is over, and the, the, it'll, it'll be the same deal as, as uh, freaking... Poison Ivy sticking a Black Lantern in Slaughter Swamp, in Slaughter Swamp. Once once Necron's done or he's dealt with, the Black Rings will just kind of go out. When uh, when Starman rips Shade's heart out, like the page right after that, where like he his eyes kind of go white for a second and then he comes back to life. Yeah, he looks exactly like Peter O'Toole. Uh, who? Okay, you ever see the Supergirl movie? The live-action one from way back? Yes. Yes, I did. Okay, he was the... Like, her teacher back on um, the Argo City. Oh, I don't remember. Oh, man. He's been in a ton of movies. Anyway, he looks just like that. (laughs) Hmm. Google him. Is there an apostrophe in his name? I have no idea. God, the first one, the second image that comes out is so scary. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, okay, I can see it. So, overall, I loved it. I think this story was actually better than the story in the uh, Hawkman and Adam one-shot. Yeah. I think I liked it more than that. Hmm. But this didn't have indigo people. I know, it just had a good story. No indigo people, Jim. No indigo people. Oh. <laughs> uh, shall we go for... And what? also, no indigo people, either. Cause it's just one thing on the art. I can't decide if I like it or not. I guess just because of how, like, really, really rough it is all over the place. Yeah. But at the same time, like, it seems appropriate. Yeah, absolutely. And the, the co- like, you want to talk, like, insane? Like, what about the cover? Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't even know what this cover reminds me of, but it's awesome. It's like like this cover should be like a black light poster of some kind. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's it. Black velvet. There should be unicorn in the background. <laughs> well, wait a second, is there? I don't know. See, it might be. We get rid of this cover copy, we'll see it. <laughs> Great issue. Yeah. All right. Tell us about Phantom Stranger. Okay, Phantom Stranger. Um, you have the Phantom Stranger, Blue Devil, and the Spectre, and they're all, you know, fighting. Blue Devil and Phantom Stranger are trying to, you know, trying to talk to the uh, the actual Spectre within the Black Lantern Spectre to tell him, you know, try and fight his way out. But more importantly, they're they're trying to delay him from getting to Hal Jordan to, you know, try and uh, occupy his mind and keep him from going straight there. I guess they're buying some time or whatever. And they fail miserably. 
and the Black Lantern Inspector just kind of like takes a hike and starts going after Hal Jordan. That's fine by Phantom Stranger because he has basically what he came for. He has these three things that he pulls out of Boston Brand's grave. Boston Brand is dead man. So he gets these three things and he uses Blue Devil's trident to basically find where dead man is. And it turns out he's he's hanging out at Nanda Parbat. He's just kind of like, in, he's going into Black Lanterns and then tearing them apart from the inside. And they're all trying to get into Nanda Parbat, but it's got like this safety barrier. And so he's just tearing them all apart when all of a sudden Phantom Stranger and Blue Devil show up. Phantom Stranger is like trying really hard to talk to Boston Brandt, dead man. And he, he basically informs him that he's going to have to take back his body from the Black Lantern because both his spirit and his body have like a, a bit really big role to play, you know, when, when everything's said and done. So, you know, dead man's like, well, I tried that. I've been trying, you know, a bunch of times and it's just not working. But Phantom Strange is like, well, you kind of have to do it, otherwise we're all basically screwed. <laughs> so he's, he gives it one more, one more shot, and Phantom Stranger wraps them both up together in his jacket, which I guess is made out of magic fibers or something. He flies down into Nanda Parbat, going at breakneck speeds towards the invisible barrier, and just in the nick of time, apparently Dead Man wins out. The ring is you know, loses its power, or it flies off or something, and uh, you have Phantom Stranger, you have Blue Devil, and Dead Man carrying his dead body, all in Nanda Parbat, and they uh, basically, you know, they're watching over Dead Man's body for when they really need it, I guess. Yeah, what'd you think? First of all, let's give a nod to the creative team here. Because yep. this is yet another Blackest Night thing written by Peter J. Tomasi that I didn't realize he wrote until after the fact. Yeah. And the art is by Ardian Syaf, Sif, whatever, who's going to be the artist on Green Lantern Corps. Yes. So I thought that was a nice little treat. Um, all right, here's the thing. Wasn't I wasn't too too into this, but I don't think it's the creator's fault. Okay. The reason being, this is, like, like, okay, it's it's a setup issue. We're not really sure what it's setting up. Mm-hmm. And you really can't give any revelations or big plot things, one, in a, just like a really super ancillary title that right. t- kind of ties into Black Knight, but two, in a book that centers around the Phantom Stranger, which I think it's pretty much mandated that you can't (laughs) reveal anything significant about this character. So it's like the content, it's just like just what they had to work with. I don't really blame them for not delivering an issue that I wasn't into because it's like like their their hands were tied kind of, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll start off with the art. <laughs> okay. Um 
yeah, it the art was really nice. I I really did enjoy the art. It, it is it's cool because it's a nice little preview of what we can expect for the Green Lantern Corps when he takes over. Adrian, uh, Ardian, Syaf. Yeah, I'll learn it eventually. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, like, that part I thought was really nice. I think, you know, from the, the first couple of pages, you know what the art really reminded me of? What? Philip Tan. I could see that. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Maybe a little more, um, a little more comic-y than Philip Tan. Mm. But, you know, like, overall, like, I, I, I really enjoyed the art. I think that was, that was very nice, the whole, the whole thing through. And the story, it wasn't bad. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't the kind of thing where it's like, oh, God, I have to keep reading this. No, because it was an interesting enough story, but like you said, it was very, it felt very much like set up, like they had to explain how the Spectre got from, what is it, issue two of Blackest Night? I think issue two, yeah. Yeah, either one or two. Yeah, no, it was definitely number two. Um, you got from issue two you know, where he's, like, in that graveyard with all the, you know, magical people around him, to Green Lantern number 50? Yeah. I don't think they even needed to explain it, because up until now, I've just been assuming that the ring overpowers the Spectre, Spectre yells, I want to find Hal Jordan, and then he just leaves and finds Hal Jordan. Yeah, I, I you don't, like, yeah, like, definitely, you don't need it, but... They said, okay, well, we can tell, like, what what has to happen to lead him to that point. And then, you know, okay, he's off, so he's doing his thing. And then you have the whole thing with Dead Man, which, I don't know, like, if, if there's a payoff with Dead Man, like, if there's something that actually happens where they actually did really need his body in Nanda Parbat and he has some sort of huge role to play, then I'll I'll be I'll look back on this issue and be like, wow, that was a really great issue that set it up for something really cool. We're probably gonna see more of this in Brightest Day. Cause Tomasi's writing that too. It's it's kinda like how we just got like uh this whole like kind of ambiguous Mara reveal in um in the last issue of Black Knight Wonder Woman. Right. When we know Brightest Day is coming and it's it's most likely going to contain stuff about that family of characters. I wouldn't be surprised if we get like more of the story in Brightest Day of like the whole like what's up with Dead Man's body and then the parbed and all that. I suppose. I I would be more happy if he has a role to play in Blackest Night. Hmm. But in any case I, and, I'll, and the other thing is, I, I can see, like, if as long as Dead Man's body is outside of Nanda Parbat, a black ring is going to keep on trying to get to it. And that's going to mess up Dead Man's, you know, powers and abilities to do, you know, what he needs to do. Because he's got his body, you know, running around, causing havoc. Hmm. So it could be that, you know, Dead Man has to do something. And for that sheer fact, his body has to be protected while he's doing it. I don't know. That's, 
Because, I, I mean, it, it, the, the impression I've gotten is that he can still function perfectly fine. He just doesn't want his body up and running around. Like, it's, like his body is important to him because it's his. Like, he doesn't need to have it in the ground and lifeless. I don't know. We're not going to know until they reveal what his, you know, big thing is. Yeah. On the art on the art side, I really liked how in the beginning you can see, like, the real Spectre trying to, like, poke out of the Black Lantern Spectre. And it shows this creepy, like, <laughs> face bulging out from his skin. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of laughed when, um, like, the Phantom Stranger is trying really hard to just talk the Spectre down. Blue Devil just won't stop shooting him in the back with Hellfire. It's like, <laughs> like you're really being like counterproductive here. Yeah, yeah, I didn't really understand that. Hold your Hellfire, Blue Devil. We need to open the Spectre's eyes. And he's just like, yeah, not gonna do that. I'm just gonna keep shooting him. God. <laughs> the um. And like, uh, can you explain to me this little move the Spectre did? Like when he's he figured he finally locks onto where Hal is. Okay. Up to this point, he's been standing on top of the ground. Then all of a sudden, he just sinks down into the ground to his neck. And the very next page, he's, like, bursting out into the air. Like, was this the equivalent of him, like... Like, like was this, like, a, a gigantic, like, spring-loaded jump for him? Like, he went down into the ground so he could pop up in the air? Like, what the hell was that? Because <laughs> at first I thought, oh, okay, he's gonna like take off and move under the ground because it's like creepy or something. But then he's like, he's he's ten stories up the next panel. Um, I don't know. Actually, I I didn't even realize that because when he was sinking into the ground, I figured he'd just like go through the earth. Yeah, that's what I thought too. <laughs> I guess I didn't really connect the whole. No, no, it's the Spectre. Maybe maybe he's actually flying through the Earth and we just have a really bad perspective? Well, no, because the top of the ground is behind him. <laughs> like, under him. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Uh, it's the Spectre. He he wants to go up, he goes down to get there. <laughs> um, Part of me actually thought maybe they were giving us something of the Phantom Strangers, you know, the truth behind him. Yeah. When uh when Dead Man yells, you know, yo, uh, where is it? Devour Parbat, devour the light of Ramakrishna, devour the heart of the Phantom Stranger. Right. And I thought to myself, is he saying the oh, you should say Ramakrishna is like like this extra dimensional god being or whatever that resides in Nanda Parbat and you commune with it and whatnot. It, it, read fifty two, it was in there. Mm -hmm. Um. <laughs> So I was I was saying like is is the light of Ramakrishna related to the Phantom Stranger is is he par does he come from it or does it come from him or something but then I'm like oh okay he was like just listing the things he's trying to eat because in the panel <laughs> in the panel right before that he's physically reaching into the Phantom Stranger's chest so yeah yeah that was a little like that got me a little like oh what are we gonna are we going to learn something here? But no, it wasn't even implied. <laughs> yeah. So, and then the whole thing where you, you kind of see what 
uh, Dead Man is seeing as he's trying to enter into Phantom Stranger. Like the three, three possibilities. Yeah, because that, that goes back to like the secret origins. Yeah, because like his, I, what was it? DC did like a like a a secret origin issue for Phantom Stranger that had three different origins, and they never said which one was real. <laughs> yeah, if any of them. Yeah. And then, and he makes the point of saying, "You have seen everything, and you have seen nothing." Oh, Phantom Stranger. Um, yeah. What you call it? So, Dead Man says something after he puts his body away. Um, oh yeah, you uh, were you able to glean anything from that prolonged exposure? That's Phantom Stranger saying to Dead Man after, in you know, being inhabiting his Black Lantern body for a while. Hmm. He replies back, "Yeah." That's something to do with the white light ain't got a snowball's chance in hell of stopping Necron. Hmm. Which means I better slip on my mailman bag and get this info to someone who matters. Phantom Stranger replies that someone is Green Lantern, Hal Jordan. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't I have no idea. The, <laughs> the whole white light thing. Like, you honestly, you probably know by now, and I don't. Uh, I, I, I don't I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Wait, we'll, we'll talk about that next week. Yeah. Um, I like the little detail that when he's in Nanda Parbat, Dead Man can be seen and heard by regular people. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Like, it's nice to know that he has, like, a little almost sanctuary he can go to and interact with people if if he needs to. Mm-hmm. I like that. I think it's interesting that there's a barrier over Nanda Parbat that the Black Lanterns can't get into. The light of Ramakrishna. Maybe that's what it has to do with. Maybe Ramakrishna is the white light. Dun-dun-dun. I thought it was kind of amusing when Blue Devil decided to stick around. He's like, do you have Do you have an iPod? <laughs> a Peapod? Yeah, I didn't think so. <laughs> yeah. So, so one last thing that I will make mention of is that when the issue starts up and when it ends we are privy to the Phantom Stranger's inner monologue first page right oh yes first page and last page yes you see what color that inner monologue is it's blue it's blue and let's see there was one other time where he yells out at the specter yeah, a couple of sp- pages in where it looks like he's about to eat, like, a really giant hero. Oh, yeah, there it is. And right around his words, it's blue. The Phantom Stranger is not going to have the hope entity in him. And his hat and his his cloak are both blue. Oh, yeah, that's, that's good. You know, Superman's been wearing blue since day one. Is he the hope entity now? I'm just I, I'm just throwing this out there, because the what was the other thing that he said? I do not have ideas, Devil. I have motives for everything I say and do. And he he makes mention of something else about uh, when he's talking to Blue Devil after the Spectre has cut out. Yeah, maybe it's Blue Devil. Are you? <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think that, but. Well, first off, here's one thing. Blue Devil says to Phantom Stranger, well, that went better better than inspected. Is that so? Yeah, we're still alive. And Phantom Stranger replies to the Blue Devil, speak for yourself, Devil. 
which means that Phantom Stranger isn't alive, for one. But you know what? That doesn't necessarily mean he's dead, either. You know why? Because he's the Phantom Stranger. <laughs> yeah. That's why. And uh, the other thing is, Blue Devil says, all that lip service about not directly interfering with Phantom Stranger cuts in, my definition of, it, of interfering is quite subjective as is my choice of being proactive and reactive during my course of during the course of my shall we say travels basically i'll follow the rules as long as i can rewrite them as i see fit <laughs> the phantom stranger does nothing to inspire hope ever not necessarily yes no it's it's not really true phantom stranger oh and then the other thing Yes. Yeah. Very last page. Do you see the the very 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 last couple page? The very last page, first, last couple panels. I am the Phantom Stranger, and the Stranger comes when the Stranger is needed, just like hope. How is that just like hope? It's just like hope. You have hope when you when you know when you most need it. Not always, no. And wait, wait. And he inspires hope when you most need it. When you most need hope, he shows up to inspire it. Give me an example of a time when the Phantom Stranger has shown up and inspired hope in anyone. Um, I remember a Superman issue. No, you don't. Oh, I definitely do. That's a great example right there. I don't, know, I don't remember the details, but he showed up. He helped Superman out with a problem and stuff, and that was basically... I, listen, listen. Uh, you, you've you got, like, a really loose definition of hope right here. This is like... I, I, I will admit that, and, and I'm fine with that. But I'm just saying that it's definitely a possibility, in my opinion. And there are, there are subtle clues that I think may lead to it. We'll see, we'll see. I bet... Electric Blue Superman is the hope entity, and Electric Red Superman is the rage entity, <laughs> and Ma Hunkle of the JSA is going to be the the orange entity, cause cause she she cooks for the team, and Greed likes to eat. Flawless, flawless logic. Oh boy. Where's my no prize? Did you read Green Lantern number fifty one yet? No, I got it today. What? Is my uncle in it? I'll move it to the top of my stack. <laughs> no, no, but uh, it's it's a good issue. Well, I assume. <laughs> okay, so Adventure Comics number seven, Dan? All right. Adventure Comics number seven featuring Black Lantern Superboy. This is the Connor Kent Superboy, not the Superboy Prime Superboy. So we start off, this takes place, I guess, immediately after Blackest Night number six, where all of the the resurrected heroes... Was it number six where the heroes were turned? Or was that five? Five, after number um, five. Yeah, number six was when Lex Luthor, I guess, cured his sister, and then... Oh, no, Blackest Night, Blackest Night. Oh, oh. Yeah, I, don't, I have no idea. I think it was number five. Okay, so whatever. It takes... This is after all those resurrected heroes became Black Lanterns. All right. So, Connor Kent, he's he's under the ring's control, and he's fighting Wonder Girl, Cassie, his, his girlfriend. You know, the big difference between these Black Lanterns and your regular Black Lanterns are, you know, normally a Black Lantern is just... 
the remains of a dead person kind of rebuilt and reanimated by a black ring that's running like this computer program essentially based on their memories. So it it's not really the person talking to you and hitting you. It just looks and sounds like them. But here, these resurrected heroes like Superboy and Wonder Woman and Green Arrow, uh, etc. They're they're still alive. So the ring gets on them. It takes control of them and kind of locks them up inside their own bodies, where they're just they're just kind of kind of withering away. Like the ring is eating away at them as it as it asserts itself. And Connor can see and hear everything that Cassie's saying. He can hear everything that that his Black Lantern self is saying to her. There's even this cool little bit added in where everything the ring puts out there in terms of like the dialogue it uses to like get under her skin really does come from him. Like things that you know he's thought but never verbalized because he knew it would be hurtful or. He thought it out of anger, but he didn't say it, that kind of thing. You know, they keep fighting. He keeps struggling to to try and wrestle control of himself back. It's not working. Finally, he decides, you know what? I'm going to shift my focus. I'm going to stop trying to speak to her. I'm going to focus on my other senses, on my eyes. If I can, And he, get, he gets out like a burst of heat vision that just carves the word fortress into, into the ground. So Cassie gets the message and takes the fight to Superman's Fortress of Solitude, where, you know, if you've read Legion of Three Worlds, and if you haven't, pause here and go get the hardcover and read it, and it's awesome. You would know that after Connor died in Infinite Crisis, spoiler, he was buried by Starman, not the not the Jack Knight Starman, but the um the Starman of the future in the Legion. He like he was put into the summary sucks. He was put into <laughs> like the the Kryptonian Matrix dealy that brought Superman back to life, so that he could be revived in the future to fight Superboy Prime, whatever. Then they send him back to the present, which means that in the present, buried under the ice, is still Connor's dead husk, being like like waiting to be like healed by this machine. So they get him close. They get Black Lantern and Superboy close enough to Connor's dead body in the ice, and it just confuses the hell out of his Black Ring. So while you've got, because you know, there's two, two of him right there, and the one that's on is actively fighting the ring, whereas the other one over there is offering no resistance whatsoever. So the ring leaves Connor's hand, goes on, goes to other connor superboy ma- manages to like like manifest ice breath for the technically second time because black lantern did it first he immobilizes the ring just long enough for cassie to take it and just chuck it into space which is a temporary fix but good enough for now and they then they connor puts his own dead body back into the ground which is kind of weird and Connor, Cassie, and Crypto, yeah, Crypto, fly off back to Coast City to help fight. Despite my horrific recap of the issue, I liked this a lot. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, were you done? I, I kind of dozed off there for a second. Shut up! Shut up! We can't all be winners. Oh, yeah, it was it was a good issue. It, it's it's a solid story. 
it was a very clever idea. I don't know, like, the, the whole being able to take control of his eyes. Yeah, that was the one, the one kind of, well, okay, kind of moment. But I didn't think I was going to like it, but I really liked the whole, like, Connor's perspective while a Black Lantern. Because I think, I think throwing in the fact that all of the Black Lantern's dialogue really does come from thoughts he's had. Yeah. Was a really nice touch that really, because I mean, I mean, honestly, the people I love the most, I've had like just just hurtful thoughts about them before, just because just the situation just led me there, and that doesn't mean I love them any less. But you know, you're human; you think this way about people. Sometimes you're the most hurtful towards the people that you love the most because you know. It would take the most to get them to turn their back on you. Um, what did you think of the art? I, let's see. I thought, what did I think? I thought, like, I thought it was okay with some really good pages. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, basically, I I think it was, like, it, it was really hit or miss. Like there, there were like you said, there were some some pages that were really good, like the whole, the phantom, you know, the way that uh, the scenes are drawn, where it's actually him, uh, and like everything looks like ghost-like. That stuff I thought was you know well done, you know it's got you making him look weak and. Uh... Yeah, he gets more frail every time they cut there. Yeah, yeah, I like that. You know, the Drew Crypto really good. But then, you know, there's other scenes where, like, uh, just the page after Cassie throws the ring into space. Like, the middle panel on that, that page right after that, look at look at his face. Look at um, Superboy's face. Yeah, it's weird. Like, even the shading is different. Like, the coloring isn't even the same. Yeah, it's like, I don't know, just completely bland. Yeah, those two pages right there are kind of... And then you turn the page, it's back to normal. It's weird. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, the, the art I thought was was kind of, eh. I think my probably my two favorite panels, and this is odd, are both times the Superboy is using his ice breath. For some reason, those both look good. Yeah, it's 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 good. It's good. Um, I don't know. The story the story was good. It was like I said, it was a very clever idea to go get his his body that's regenerating from this time period which i guess i didn't actually realize that's how they got superboy back to life really i i don't know like i guess i i i must have known but i thought you read legion of three worlds didn't you uh, yeah definitely did well that's they that's what they do in there (laughs) Yeah, I, I guess it was that wasn't one of the biggest. That wasn't one of the big parts for me, so I just kind of like glazed over that. Even when Superboy magically showed up, <laughs> I just assumed that they figured out a way to bring him back to life. I don't know. It, it, I didn't. I didn't care about that. <sighs> but uh, yeah, no, that was interesting. You know, they had the, his dead body is going to be regenerating for the next thousand years. Oh yeah, that's that's awesome to think about. Can you imagine just like the freaking mind 
thing he must be going through. Like he for the rest of his life, he's going to have the knowledge that his own corpse is underneath the ice in Superman's like vacation home. Yeah. I love that page when Crypto shows up. Connor's just like his inner monologue describing Crypto. And he's uh where is it? God, he's glowing like a signal flare. What he feels must be so pure. And and it's not what you might expect. More love than rage and no fear at all. And he gets this great smile on his face. And like crypto is just full of will, love, and rage. That might be my favorite little sequence of this of this issue. The the two page spread with all the the uh, the characters. Uh, the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that that was kind of odd. Did you see the coloring mistake? Well, I guess there's two, but which one are you referring to? They took the lightning coming off of of uh, Bart. And they connected it to Hal's aura. So it's like Hal is shooting lightning, but it's blatantly the lightning coming off of Bart. Oh, okay. And the other one's like, I just noticed Indigo looks blue. Like her energy. But, you know, Indigo's kind of a weird color anyway, so... <laughs> that That's that's not the coloring mistake that I noticed. Oh, what'd you see? Well, Larflees. Larflees is on here? Yeah, he's right in back of Indigo. They make him black? Yes. Oh, that's why NCU was there. Damn it. Yeah, yeah. And and like Sinestro looks horrendous. Oh my god, I just saw him for the first time. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. Like I mean Atrocitus is it's it's a, a an acceptable job, I guess, but Sinestro's really bad. Looks like the leader of the <laughs> Hulk. Yeah. And this issue was written by Tony Bedard, who yes. will who will be taking over uh, Green Lantern Corps. Will uh, Will Travis Moore be doing anything for Green Lantern? Is he the artist? Yeah, I don't think so. Oh, thank God. Oh. Yeah, I don't know this. Well, I mean, to be fair, there were three inkers. Oh, really? Yeah. That that's, always decides whether or not a book is going to look good, doesn't it? That's that's never a good sign, really. Three anchors. Unless you're telling, like, three vignettes within the story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you want each one to look different. Yeah, yeah. Why, why did Bedard write this instead of Johns? Mm hmm He officially ended his run on the series with number six. Oh. Oh, okay. But you gotta wonder why he didn't extend it to number seven, considering it's Blackest Night, and it's about, like, his favorite character. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I'll keep reading, then. Well, that, that, that should be... That should depend on how much you like the Legion. Because Paul Levitz... Well, I mean, they're gonna have, like, a bunch of, inter, like, intermediary writers for, like, a few months. Mm-hmm. And... Eventually, Paul Levitz is taking over as the the main writer of this book, and it's going to be primarily a Legion of Superheroes book, in addition to uh, the actual Legion of Superheroes number one that's starting up. So there's going to be two Legion. Okay, there's going to be two Legion books, and Levitz is writing both of them. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that. I know it seems a little unnecessary. 
And I mean, considering that the like the the last series could barely support itself with one title. Well, I think that was before they had really cleared up her spot. Like like the last series happened before uh, Johns did the Action Comics arc and Legion of Three Worlds, which you know those things together have people talk like more interested in the original legion now than they were in the last incarnation of it right so and like that's that original legion is going to be the focus honestly i'm just surprised they didn't do a legion book immediately after three worlds because i thought that would have been the best like like okay you have everybody talking about the legion again so let's lead off with this now but you know they yeah didn't. actually uh, that's something I've i've been reading online um and I'll give credit to bleedingcool.com because that's where I get most of my comic news. He was saying, uh, Rich Johnston, I think it's Rich Johnston, hold it, actually. Yeah, Rich Johnston was saying how there there's such a delay in how long from when things get the green light to when they actually you know end up shipping. It takes so long with DC. Oh, God, yeah. Like, they'll start talking about something, and you won't see it for a year. Absolutely. And the my go-to example is always is always Booster Gold. Because before 52, the, nobody thought the um, mass audience would give a crap about Booster Gold. And then 52 elevated the character, and then they, they sell you, okay, now there's going to be a, a Booster Gold ongoing series. Well, great. Yeah. It started something like a year after 52 ended. Yeah. When like if you wanted to really like maximize your readership, it would have come out like a like a month or two or three later. Yeah. Yeah, but from the the, the creative changes that they've added as far as, you know, promoting Johns, uh Jim Lee is going to be part of, you know, running DC now. With all these different changes that they've been making, one of the other things that they've kind of pushed to the forefront is that they want, like, a much faster turnaround, you know, once things get the green light. Have they? That's good. So, you know, hopefully hopefully that'll mean that things will be come out, coming out faster once they start mentioning them. And I am happy for Legion fans, though. Like, I don't want to... I mean, just because it doesn't make sense to me, I still recognize that, like, if I was, like, a Legion guy, I would be, I would be, like... I would probably feel the same way that I do about like a new a third Green Lantern book coming. Like all of a sudden there's going to be two Legion books and it's going to be by a guy who has such a history and understanding of the Legion of superheroes. I mean Paul I think Paul Levitz, he was a writer on Legion a long time ago and he had a, like a really famous run on the title. Yeah. I just I I just think it's a shame like if you're going to have two Legion books, why not spotlight like like one of the other legions too, you know. Well, from based on solicitations and things that they've thrown out there in in previous books, we know that Legion of Superheroes is going to have some ties to Green Lantern in the future. Yes. Without going too heavily into spoilers. So, all I've seen is the cover to number 1. <laughs> Yeah, well, there's that, but for people that don't, you know, read the solicits or look at the, you know, covers coming out, yeah, we we won't we won't spoil it, but 
we know that somehow it's going to be tied together. Now, if the Legion of Superheroes series is the one that explores that connection, then that's the one that I'm going to get. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. And, like, because, I mean, Adventure Comics, it's, I mean, when I when it's good, it's excellent, but all the other time it's kind of meh. Yeah. So I decide, like, you know what, if I'm going to follow a Legion book, I think I'm just going to, I'm going to dump this one, and I'm just going to start fresh with number one. But I'm definitely going to have some trouble, you know, deciding what I want to do if there's a Green Lantern connection in Adventure Comics going forward as well. I don't know, because I think I, I think I read something from Levis. Like, he wants to use Adventure to kind of... Like, like there's never been a good entry-level Legion story in trade anywhere that you could point fans to. Right. And, like, like, I know the first thing Levis wants to do is give the world that. And he's going to do that in Adventure Comics. So he's basically doing, like, almost a uh, Legion of Superheroes year one kind of thing, or...? I, I'm not sure. Like he didn't give detail. He didn't give a lot of details. Yeah. It's it, I don't know if it's gonna retell the origin or if it's just going to be like really like like entry level kind of story. Like I don't I don't know, I don't know. I'm just speculating at this point. Yeah, if they go for like Legion of Superheroes Secret Origins or something like that, I I'd, I'd probably be interested in that because I don't know much about the Legion of Superheroes. So are we good? I think we're good. Cool. Let's take a break. Fly away. Fly away. Fly away. To a flavor of fantasy. Bubblicious. Bubblicious. Flavor deep, flavor wide. Your mouth can't resist it, nor can your mind. Come on, a funky flavor ride. Flavor that blows you away. It's your flavor fantasy. Bubblicious has the ultimate flavor. It's got the taste you just can't resist. Bubblicious. we're back so we got a comment on our website and i wanted to read this out this is from troy benson he is commenting on our i guess last episode where we were talking about the third issue of blackest night wonder woman did he understand the splash page well that's what he's going to explain to us awesome so troy benson writes in just wanted to let you guys know that Black Manta killed Arthur Curry Jr., Aqua Baby, back in Adventure Comics 452. Also, Black Manta is an African-American. It was 1977. All characters with black in their name had to be black. Oh, that's true. As it relates to Mera, since that time, she has often had a rocky relationship with Aquaman, sometimes blaming him for the death of their son. Additionally, Mera is from another dimension. At least on one occasion, it was explained that being in Aquaman's dimension was driving her mad, 
and was the explanation for her erratic behavior or rage towards Aquaman. He's abandoned her. She's abandoned him. As far as married couples, they go, they weren't the Dibneys. And he, he says, I took the scene of her standing over the sleeping Aquaman with a trident as she had thought about killing him at least once. Ooh, I like that. So. Wow. She's from another dimension? Yeah, I had no idea about that one. Oh, why not? I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, like, from this from this paragraph, makes me think that apparently Aquaman and Mera and everything going on there was a lot more complex than I ever would have even imagined. Yeah, like, I figured she was, like, born in Atlantis and all that. And... Yeah. Wow. So... That's interesting. So thank you You're... very much, Troy. Yes. My God. See, there's, this is what I'm talking about. There's so much... There, like, there's so many layers to these characters that like nobody realizes because they, they stop looking when they remember Super Friends. Yes. Yeah, I'll say I'm guilty of that. Yeah, you bastard. <laughs> uh, let's see. Okay, so some other stuff I wanted to talk about. Okay. Here, here, here's a, a quick topic. Right now, it's two days after Blackest Night number seven has come out. And we're not going to talk about it right now. We don't want to spoil it for anybody who hasn't read it yet. Dan. Yes. <laughs> But what I do want to say is that, and, and nobody nobody has done this, you know, to us yet. I think, but as far as spoilers go, I usually stay, you know, pretty much on top of things. Like, if there's something big that's going to happen, then either I'm going to have the comic and I'm going to read about it within like the day that it happens. Or, you know, if that's not possible, then I'm going to go online and find out what happened. Just because I have a, a massive orange hunger to, to know what's happening. I am so thirsty to just, you know, absorb the story. And whether it, I get it from just hearing what happens or reading, I don't really care. I just want to know. So... I don't I don't worry too much about spoilers too much. There are some things that I don't like to be spoiled on. Like for for instance movies and things like that. I like to go to the movies and just experience it. But but for comics for the most part I don't mind too much to be spoiled. Dan on the other hand is not like that. <laughs> Dan does not like to be spoiled. For Dan it's basically all about reading it and experiencing it for the first time. And that's where he gets his enjoyment out of it. So, while if there was something that happens in Green Lantern, and you know you, your your friends aren't aren't that heavily into Green Lantern, and you need somebody that you have to tell, you can tell me, because you know if if it spoils me, I'll be like, oh, that sucks. But that's really awesome that that happened. So let's talk about it. Dan, on the other hand. He gets his comics through DCBS, and he doesn't like to be spoiled. So for Dan, it may take a week or two before you could actually discuss it with him. Yes, 
I guess I guess we should I should probably say the the end of Blackest Night number seven right. got spoiled for me. I should say like like as we record this, it is Friday the twenty sixth. The issue came out on Wednesday the twenty fourth, and I got spoiled on Thursday the twenty fifth. And my my books arrived today. Yeah. <laughs> so but now that being said, it wasn't nobody on our forum or Facebook or anything. None of our listeners. It, it was yeah, nobody. It wasn't anybody. And we're not I'm not gonna call out anybody or any crap like that. It's just it's just it's 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 just you know, it, it, it's it's just irritating because like it was it was like twenty four hours after the issue, you know, <laughs> like and like you would think like like in a medium where like we're we're very conscious of the fact that so many people wait for trades, like like it it would be I don't know, I don't you know you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, yeah. This this particular thing, this is pretty big. This is. Along the lines, I, I'm not. I'm not going to say it's it's along the lines, but something along the lines of Captain America dying. Like it's near impossible to get through a day without finding out about that, right? Yeah. Well, like, I mean, the day when it did happen, um, like there's so many people who even read Captain America that found out about it because it was on like like Yahoo's main page or it was on CNN, right? Yeah, so things like that, things of that nature, where ma- mainstream media gets a hold of it, there's no way that you're going to be able to not be spoiled on that one. But for Blackest Night number seven, even though it's not like something that mainstream media is going to pick up on, it is moving like lightning through the blogosphere, and it's it's lighting on fire on message boards, and it's it's everywhere. So keeping not spoiled from that is it's still difficult. But I, I would say like, you know, being able to wait three days to, to find out is possible. But yeah, you, you saw it anyway. Yeah. Um, and like probably like the wor- like the worst part about it was just the fact that it happened immediately before I got my books too. Yeah. It was like it's not like, like the like the issue came out at the beginning of the month or anything. It was like it was like wow. Uh, so, but you know, I had like like yesterday when it happened, I was pissed and like <laughs> I didn't give a shit about even reading Blackest Night number seven. I even texted you and said, "Yeah, you're probably gonna want to get a guest co-host next week to talk about the issue with you because I don't really care." <laughs> but you know, I'm slightly mac depressive probably if I got tested for it, but I'm not gonna. <laughs> so, and, <laughs> After having, like, a really, like, like open the floodgates kind of pissed off day yesterday, I'm pretty much bounced back from it, and I'm cool with everything. I'm probably going to read the issue, like, tomorrow. <laughs> so, you know. It's amazing. Yeah. It's absolutely amazing. A lot a lot more happens than just that last page. Uh, well, yeah, good. Good, good. But, yes. So, yeah, that's just, just something that I wanted to throw out there to our listeners. If there is something, you know, that you need to talk to a lantern caster about, then I'm your man. And two weeks after it happens, Dan <laughs> is your man as well. Yeah, because I, cause I do, I'll, I'll throw that out there too, I get twice monthly shipping, which means I get a box 
the middle of the month and the end of the month. So, you know, like this month I got, I think I got it on like, well, it, it would have been the 13th and the 27th, but I think there was like, there's something, it was, it was like President's Day or something, I don't remember, it, or it was snow or, I got, I got a little there, but 13th, 27th, that kind of thing, so you know. So, definitely wanted to touch on that. Another thing that I wanted to mention, and I, I started this as a thread on the forums, but DC Classic Figures versus DC Direct Figures. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, if I'm going to buy a figure, lately it's basically been DC Direct. I have a couple of the DC Classic Figures here and there, but I, I just prefer the DC Direct Figures. I think they're, I would say, more collector-friendly. It's it's geared towards collectors. My whole point with this... with, with uh, with this is that DC Direct figures cost $15. And they've cost $15 for quite a long time. And the justification was always that because it's such a much smaller run of figures, they have to charge more, you know, to cover production costs. Okay, well, we've been doing it for, for this long anyway, so why not? But... In contrast to that, Mattel has been putting out DC Classic figures. And these are mass mass market figures that Mattel is making. They're sending all over the world. They're making a lot of these figures. So it should cost a lot less to make them. Well, when they first started making this line, I think it might have been like $7.99 for an action figure. And then they got the the main license from DC to make like basically any character, and the prices went up to nine ninety nine. Now that's not great, but okay, nine ninety nine for you know one of these figures. The sculpts are good, and they are sturdy figures. They're toys, so they can be collected or kids can play with them. So they are good for that, you know, definitely. And then, just the other day, I was in a Target store, and they had these DC Classic figures, and they were charging, like, $15 and change, like $15.70 or so. And I just thought to myself, like, what happened? What happened with these, these figures? Like, DC Direct is charging me $15, and they justify it with the fact that you know, it would be cheaper, but since they only produce so many of them, they have to charge that much. Okay, that's how it's always been with them. Mattel, they make so many more, it should cost a lot less than a DC Direct figure. And now it's actually costing more. I, I can't I can't see the logic in this. And they and like you had mentioned on the forum, they are smaller. Yeah, how tall are these figures anyway? Like four inches or something. Yeah, a little, little taller than that. They're about about six inch scale, roughly, maybe slightly smaller. And the DC Direct figures are typically a little bit larger. And I'm looking at I googled pictures of DC classics because I can never rem- remember which line is which. Yeah. And like this is, I think they just announced or a while ago they announced like DC classic. A DC Classic line that's going to have, like, a really good-looking Jon Stewart, a Kat Matui, 
Cyborg Superman with the Sinestro symbol and yeah. yellow rings. Uh, the shark. The freaking question. That's awesome. And they look good. Like, these are the kind of toys, like, I wish they had these toys when I was a kid. Yeah. And it just stinks. Like, they're they're that expensive. Like Yeah. Yeah, well, there's the build a figure is Kilowog. Yeah. And that that's an amazing looking figure. Like the DC Direct figure is good, but that figure is amazing. And you know, the not all not not a lot of the DC classic figures I would say the sculpts are better than the DC Direct cuz the DC Direct are based off of the artwork. So they usually have that edge. But that particular Kilowog is it's really, really nice. Really fantastic Kilowog. But in order to get that, you have to buy, like, I don't know, somewhere between six and eight action figures, and at $15 a pop, that's a lot of money. Oh. I don't know. Just my rant. If anybody has any comments on it, leave us a voicemail or send us an email. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree with you. I mean, it's a whole thing of, like, like, they've kind of priced kids out of being able to afford toys kind of thing. $15 is a lot of money for a kid. And you can, like, for $15, you could go to that, that same Target store and buy either two Avatar figures or, like, an Avatar, like, toy accessory or animal or something like that. They made toys based on the Avatar movie? Oh, yeah, definitely. Like the blue people, not the cartoon? They'll have figures based on The Last Airbender as well, though. But, anyway. And while I will say this little rant about DC Classic figures and their their price, I will say that they just recently revealed the image of an Alan Scott figure coming down the line. And I wish it wasn't so expensive, because the figure is actually like really, really cool looking. For, for DC Classic? Yeah. I'm looking that up. Like they they have his his power battery that's just like, it's mint looking. Ooh, wow. Yeah. I didn't think like you wouldn't expect them to put that much detail into the battery accessory. I know. I even like the the Metal Man Gold that they have in front of him. Like yeah. they even made him shiny. Yeah. Yeah, the Metal Men have been coming out really good. Obsidian's there. Zatanna. God damn it, it sucks that these are expensive. <laughs> yeah. Jaime Reyes, Blue Beetle. Yeah. Oh, man. Superboy in that costume I hate. Well, I, I like that. I like that figure. That's a cool one, I think. I hated the jacket phase. They have uh, Negative Man to go with your Robot Man. Yeah. Build your Doom Patrol. And his, um, his face, like, has this radiation transparency. It's like he's dying. <laughs> well, that's the variant. Oh, well, there you go. That'll probably be horrifically hard to find. Ah, uh, so, um... Commandy? Really? Wow. Yeah, yeah, Commandy, too. Okay. Oh, my God! Did you see below him the guy gardener? Oh, yes, yes. That's actually going to be part of a box set with Tomar Ray. They're going to have a Hal Jordan with the gray sideburns. They're going to have a Sinestro in a Green Lantern uniform and Jon Stewart in his Mosaic uniform. I think that's a Toys R Us exclusive. Wow, that's probably going to be like up teen million dollars. Yeah, well, 
It's got five figures, so you know it's going to be more than 50 bucks. Yeah, stinks. Uh, All right, what else we got? That's, I think it. Yeah, we were going to do a voicemail, but Jim remembered it spoils something that I haven't read yet, so next episode, Chad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He's still wondering what the hell I was talking about on Facebook. Oh, yeah, he he asked me. I'd let him know. Um, There is one last thing. What is that? Now, just, I guess, an apology to my wife and our listeners for last episode. Mm. This is something that I probably should have, well, no, this is something that I definitely should have corrected you on as you said it. Yeah. You said it in a in a joke, I know, but, yeah. you know. I know, and I, I contacted Lauren, yeah. and I explained myself, and I apologize, and, and... You know, I mean, it's it, it it just came out it came out of like a whole like 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 you know she admits like she said multiple times she plays she plays it up for the for the microphone and all and and so like when I heard her episode I was honestly surprised at how like it was like it was like a one eighty from like how she was the other times our listeners have heard her and yeah and like me and my friends we like we take shots at each other constantly and then laugh it off and. She's, she seemed like she was okay with everything, but, you know. Yeah, but as her husband, I should have said something. I didn't, and for future reference, you know, we, we're not going to take shots like that. She is a lovely woman. She is. She is very nice. That's basically it. Um, I don't know. Is there anything else? Super show coming up? Well, there's that, but I want to know. Are you going to read Wonder Woman now? Hmm? Oh, hmm? very good, very good. Apparently, yeah, they just made the announcement. I guess, I don't know. Um, Nicola Scott is going to... You know, so this is the artist on Blackest Night Wonder Woman who we've been we've been just in awe of since that series started. Yeah. is That's going to be the, the artist on the Wonder Woman ongoing series now. So, but this here's here's where here's where it gets interesting. So you've got the artist that Jim loves more than most things, more than most kinds of food, and but it's being written by Gail Simone, who Jim is not that big a fan of, especially since Gail Simone wrote Blackest Night Suicide Squad. <laughs> so Jim. Which is going to win out? The the writing that you think you'll hate or the art you know you'll love? Oh man. This is this is difficult because like just just very recently I started making a conscious decision to stop buying things based solely on art. <laughs> Cuz there were there were quite a few things where I'd buy them because they look really really cool and then I just never get around to reading them. And when yeah. things cost like three dollars or even four dollars or more, like you, you can't do that. You can't just buy something where you're gonna look at it and and not get the full enjoyment out of it. Oh yeah, and I did that years ago, and it is very liberating once you do it and stick to it. But yeah, come on. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm probably going to suck it up and just deal with it. Nicholas Scott does such an awesome job with Wonder Woman. I, I 
don't think I can pass that up. Yeah. What, do you know what issue Nicola is going to take up on? It is. Oh, I had this. I think it's forty-one. I'm looking now. It's. I mean, it's. It's a uh, next month's issue. So that is. Yeah, I got right here. Oh no, forty-one is this month. She's coming on with next month's number forty-two. Okay. Well, when you when you hear it, this month, uh, uh, March. March. She's starting in March with number forty-two. <laughs> uh, hopefully, it's a good jumping-on point issue. I gotta think it will be. I hope. Because I'm I'm looking at DC's solicits, and I think they just finished a story arc before this. So. Hey, it'd be awesome if they changed the writer as well. Oh, God. let's give her a shot. Also, you know what? The Green Lantern Corps is in this story. I'm just reading this now. Really? Yeah. Um. Da da da. Gail Simone and fan favorite artist Nicola Scott reunite for this explosive tale featuring the stunning return of a star of a star-spanning threat from Diana's past. Can even Wonder Woman stop Earth from this world-destroying Madwoman? Guest starring the Green Lantern Corps. Don't miss the wrath of the Silver Serpent. Yo, that's interesting. Apparently they were they worked together. Maybe I don't know if it was on this series, but No, they worked together on Birds of Prey. Oh, okay. Oh. Which that that's another series where it's going to be written by Gail Simone. <laughs> and you're going to read it, aren't you? <laughs> that one I'm definitely going to try out. <laughs> that's because I convinced you Dove is in it, isn't it? <laughs> well, that's a Brightest Day tie-in, so. Oh, is it? Yeah. Well, Dove's in it. Well, there you go. <laughs> I'll, I'll give that a shot. That's Ed Benes, right? Yeah, yeah. Yes, it is. Eh, I'm, I... I'm, I'm hot and cold on his art. I love the way he draws women. When he drew Justice League... Justice League of America, that that I was not feeling at all. Didn't he give us Green Lantern 49? He, was it 49? The, the, the John, John Stewart, Stewart issue. issue. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, yeah, that was... Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, for some reason, I'm willing... To I, I'm, a, I'm a bit more positive on Gail Simone on Birds of Prey, maybe because I don't know anything about Birds of Prey. I know the basic concept. Yeah. This is what I know about Birds of Prey. <laughs> there's, there's, there's Barbara Gordon in charge of a bunch of female heroes that are kind of like her rogue agents, and Lady Blackhawk exists. That's what I know about Birds of Prey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll give that a shot. I mean, like, I have, I have no, like, aversion to Birds of Prey. It's just, like, like, I don't know. I, f- I feel like I would have to, I would have to be low on titles to add it, which sounds like I'm taking a dig at it, but I'm not. Mm. It's just, like, like, I have enough on my list. And frankly, I'm glad I made that thread asking what other people's pull lists look like, because, like, Corwin alone makes me feel so much better about the stuff I get. Oh, man. Sorry, Corwin. <laughs> Just throwing Corwin under the bus there. No, no, no. He's, 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 he's serving a valuable, valuable purpose. He's making me feel justified in spending money on comics. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I can't imagine I would have added Wonder Woman to my list if I wasn't so blown away by the Blackest Night miniseries, so... 
I, in that way, it did its job. And what sucks is I thought, like, okay, people would give me advice on what to drop and whatever, and and then <laughs> right as I'm posting it, oh, yeah, Blackest Night, Wonder Woman was so amazing, and now the artist is on, well, I'm adding Wonder Woman. Oh, and they're starring up a new Green Lantern ongoing series. Oh, I'm adding that. <laughs> this isn't working. This isn't working. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah, I'll definitely have to try out Wonder Woman now. Yes. And so will you at home or on the train or wherever the hell you're listening to us. <laughs> uh, are we done? Yes. Good. I think. Oh, Super Show. Yes. Go there. CGS comicgeekspeak.com Click on the Super Show link. Get tickets. Go. We'll be there. We'll have stuff. It'll be awesome. It's a fantastic, friendly show. You know, bring the whole family. Kids 12 and under are free. People are, are migrating here from the other side of the world just because they know how awesome the community is. It's like if you listen to our show, if you listen to other shows, if you don't listen to podcasts at all, but you like the comic book community and you just want to just have a really nice laid-back fun weekend, just immersed in it, then come to Super Show. Yeah, it's going to be an awesome time. 20 bucks for the entire weekend. Mm-hmm. And we will see you there, Ryan. Oh, yeah, because on the Facebook thing, yeah. yeah. Hey, should we tell them what Jason's doing, or should we wait until Jason's on again? Um, We should probably tell them what Jason's doing, because that hasn't worked out so well for us, trying to get yeah. him on. Yeah, he's very busy. Um, Basically... Jason is renting out... This is Jason Grice, our program director, Darth Knight on the comic forums. He is renting out a bus, and or a van or something, and he is shuttling people to and from, you know, uh, from the airport to the convention center and vice versa. <laughs> like, he he's doing, like, I think four trips a day, something like that, or it varies depending on the day, but, like, you can contact him through the forum... Or through his email, and you can set up like a time and like reserve a seat and all that. And it's it's insane. Like he's not going to be making any money off this. You know, he'd appreciate any con- contributions to gas money if you if you're able. But like it's it's like th- it's crazy. Like this guy loves this community. He just loves it. He's willing to like put in all his extra effort. And this was his idea. Nobody asked him to do this. Mm-hmm. He actually, he told um, Brian Deemer, the guy who's chiefly in charge of running the Super Show, he went to him and said, hey, you know, if it's cool, I'd like to rent a van and just shuttle people back and forth for free. Can I do that? And Brian just said, like, he <laughs> he almost fell out of his chair at work because it was so awesome. So big props to Jason Grace. Okay, so if you would like to leave us a voicemail, our phone number is 206-600-7357. If you want to send us an email, it's lanterncast at gmail.com, or we all have our own emails, jim at lanterncast.com, dan at lanterncast.com, or jason at lanterncast.com. You can go to lanterncast.com to check out our webpage, We have all our episodes on there. We have links to our forum, links to our Facebook page. 
join our Facebook page and you know get updates as they happen. Join our forum and join in on tons of discussion that happens every day. We have a really, really cool forum area, and the people there are, are really great. We're also on iTunes. Check us out. Subscribe. Leave us a review. Yeah, we love... Well, we appreciate our, our iTunes reviews. Yes. yes. Apparently it helps people find us. They, I'm sure it does. And it feeds our ego, which is the most important thing of all. <laughs> so, <laughs> keep leaving those, those feedbacks and send us emails and send us voicemails. We love it all. Even though we don't always get to all of it. Yes. Next next time, Chad. Next time. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And also next time, the winner of the contest for the Aroba Silver Ring. That's right. Stop submitting. We'll tell you who wins next time. <laughs> who did next week? So long, folks. Yeah, good night. Why'd you ever have to hear my voice?